What's up, y'all? My name is Kendra, and I am your host, the host of the Hidden Gems podcast. Now, I was formerly known as the Kendra's Treasures podcast, but going into 2021, I definitely wanted to change my name and rebrand a little bit to set the podcast apart from my Waystead business. So, here I am. I am the Hidden Gems podcast. My name is Kendra, and I am your host. So, this month, we're going to be getting into health as small business owners and entrepreneurs and even as employees, because a lot of us still work nine to fives and we're doing our own thing on the side as our little side hustle. When I talk about health, I'm not just speaking to the physical aspects of health. I'm talking about mental and spiritual as well. As usual, you know, I'll be joined by a variety of small business owners, entrepreneurs, and creatives, and we will discuss their business, their process, their ups and downs, and so much more. For today's episode, we're going to be getting into mental health. So stay tuned to hear my special guest, Miss Ecclesia Savage, a licensed therapist, PhD student, and a small business owner, discuss how you can prevent burnout, ways to keep from creating a toxic workplace if you do have employees that work for you, and so much more. The majority of entrepreneurs and small business owners that I know of all typically work a nine to five. And something that comes along with doing your own side hustle and working your nine to five to maintain your benefits or whatever is burnout. And nobody wants to be burnt out. So today we're talking all about how to prevent that, how to prevent creating a toxic work environment, and even how to deal with working in a toxic work environment. So let's get into this interview. All right, Ecclesia, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are, what you're about, what your business is, and tell us a little bit about like things that you're working on as well. And then I'll get into why I have you here today. Okay, thank you so much for having me. My name is Ecclesia Savage, um, but a lot of people just know me by Clee. Um, I am a licensed professional counselor. Um, I'm also a PhD student and I'm also a mom and a wife. Um, I have a therapy business. Um, I provide consultation um, to other therapists that are looking to, you know, build their own private practice. And then I have my own. Um, And currently I have a team of five um, and two interns. And so we are just looking to make a difference in people's lives. Like, helping them become their best selves and work through all of the things that they have going on in their lives. That's awesome. So I really wanted to have you on today to kind of kick off 2021. Um, We're talking about mental health. And since this podcast is mostly about small business and entrepreneurship, that's the type of mental health I guess I want to talk about. But Mm -hmm. I still feel like in a sense, mental health can sometimes be a bit like of a taboo type of subject Mm -hmm. still, even though a lot more people are starting to like get into it now, which Mm -hmm. is great. Mm -hmm. But um, in the workplace, I don't think people talk about that enough. Like you always know when you're in a toxic work environment, Mm -hmm. but like, who are you talking about that to? And who should you be talking about it to? And how should you be talking about it? How should you be working through it? So I think it's important to kind of address that aspect of the health portion of being a small business owner. So I gave you a couple questions. So the first question I want to ask you is when did you start your practice and what was the driving force behind getting the, uh, the business started? 
Okay, so if you don't mind, I'm going to go back because you did ask a couple of questions. So you were like, if you work at a toxic work environment, you know, who do you talk to? Number right. one answer, don't talk to your coworkers, right? <laughs> you know, um, I think like when you're in a toxic work environment and y'all, you know, continue to talk about the negativity and what's going on, it just brews and like it continues to grow, you know, right. um, it's yeah. feeding the toxic work environment. So I just wanted to put that out there, like. Sometimes you got to put a limit on it. You got to be the person to bring in, you know, some positive um, energy because, yeah, that's not the move. Yeah. Um, so my practice started in 2018. Um, that's when I did like all of the official paperwork and things like that. But I didn't really step out on faith. Um, until 2019. Okay. Um, I walked away from a good government job as our people would say they would say good government job I walked away from that thing um honestly because it was taking a toll on my health um right. I worked night shift I worked at the veteran suicide hotline and I supervised um and in addition to it being a difficult work environment um night shift is just not good for your body it really really breaks your body down um I was going to work full-time, going to school during the day, working at night, and I oh literally God. was a zombie. Yeah. There would be days I would be up for 24 hours. Like, no exaggeration, I would be up driving to Athens because that PhD program um, is not online. You have to go in person. So I would get off of work in Atlanta, drive to Athens, be in school all day, still be myself, and right. then on the Stockbridge. So, Woo, um, to Stockbridge. Yeah. From Athens. Yeah. Hour and a half, half one way. So, mm. yeah, it was definitely a push to honestly watch out for my health. Yeah. Um, and be more in control of my time. That's, right. That was my biggest, my two biggest motivators with starting my business. Right. That's awesome. I think that mental health is, I like, it's so important, especially when you're starting your own business, like not to kind of, I guess, burn out or anything mm -hmm. like that. Um, I just started reading the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Highly People. people uh -huh. Yeah, so um, I, at the, I was just at the point where he was talking about, I, I, and I think this was a, pre a preface because I am um, doing the audio book because I don't really have time to sit down and open a book and read anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but like an audio book, I can turn on in my car and I can mm -hmm. listen to it in my car. Um, and it's great because my kids are usually in the car. And so they're listening to the audio book too. <laughs> oh, that but, is um, great. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so I'm at the point where he was talking about how you should treat your employees the same way that you treat your customers because mm -hmm. that will make for a happier work environment or whatever. And I was like, wow, that really makes a lot of sense. Like mm -hmm. you can't have like a, a poo-poo attitude with your employees and expect them to be able to treat the customers correctly, you know, the right, right way and stuff like that. But um, so what are some tips you'd give to a small business owner entrepreneur to prevent burnout? Um, for one, I think appreciation goes a long way. Um, and this is just specifically like speaking to like staff, if you have employees or people that work like for you, even if it's just like contractors or part-time work, like mm -hmm. appreciation goes a long way, you know, a kind word, um, a card, you know, simple gestures, even just a peppermint or a little gag gifts. <laughs> um, yeah. I love it that um, my sister, she gave everybody at her job uh, Christmas gifts, but mm -hmm. it came out of the supply closet where they have snacks and, you know, 
supplies and pens and stuff. And yeah. so she gave it to them out of there, but it was just something to bring cheer. Yeah. Um, I think that being an entrepreneur is people don't realize how much work goes into it until yeah. you're actually doing it. And it Absolutely. is, I would say in the beginning, it's way more work than if you're working at somebody else's job. You are creating the policies, you're creating the rules, you're doing the billing, you're doing the banking, you're doing everything. Um, and so I think that, you know, one thing to try to keep in mind is business hours. Um, you cannot be available to everyone, you know, 24 seven, um, making sure that you fill your cup back up. Like I tell my um, employees and I also tell my clients, what, what is filling your cup up? Like, right. Cause right now it sounds like you pouring, 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 and you won't empty spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, like what is filling your cup up. And so making sure that your cup stays full. So you're able to pour out that positivity to other people. Um, I think, you know, those are definitely the biggest things. Um, and I would say also just a schedule. So I am a big planner person use your planner if you're a phone planner if you yeah. are you know paper planner like use the planner you need to map out your time map out your me time which is also an appointment that is can't be moved like your other appointments like yes it's a it's a doctor's appointment like that is that is very very um important yeah i um just made a like a series of posts on my instagram about planners i love planners i'm obsessed with them i buy planners every year and just like work in them but like now I've noticed like the new the iPad Pro has mm -hmm. like where you can take notes and I'm like kind of I'm trying to decide if I'm gonna buy that but <laughs> yeah because it looks so pretty I just like writing notes and making it look pretty and I just have a problem but yes I 100% agree with you with the planners yeah. and, and I that, like the fact that you said um make your appointment like your appointment you can't yeah. use that time your me time that's your time that's, that is that's your time thing. like yeah. most definitely um, I'm actually working on a planner. Okay. Um, and so that's been like my little, my baby <laughs> right yeah. now, just kind of, you know, working on the planner, um, getting the things in it that I want to see that I love and I like and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, yeah that's really important. Plan. Do you, get, do you get planners from this company called the happy planner? Um, so I did get their planner to honestly see what it looked like. So I was doing my research on the product. Well, as uh -huh. I'm making like my planner, I'm looking at different planners. I like some of their concepts. I like the colors. I like the creativity. Mm. However, Passion Planner is my planner. Okay. <laughs> um, now, so yes. My planner comes out. Um, Passion Planner is my planner. I need the hourly 30 minute increments, you know, of my time block. Um, and you, you really got to plan out your day, like by the hour. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, when your planner comes out, I'm gonna buy your planner. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be cute. It's gonna be really friendly. Like, yeah. So, I believe it. I believe it. So, why do you think mental health has been such a taboo topic in the Black community? And we can talk about the Black community a little bit on here. So, why do you think it's been such a taboo topic in our community? Girl. Well, first of all, a lot of things are passed down and we really don't even be knowing the reason why. Mm -hmm. And we have these little anecdotes, you know, what happens in this house stays in this house. You know, you don't go out and tell nobody the business and that includes a mental health professional. Like, right. um, and then also, you know, other like myths and stuff like that is, well, you got to be crazy, crazy. If you're going to see somebody like something really wrong, if you got to go yeah. and it's like, no, you don't have to, you know, have a severe diagnosis to go get 
you know, additional support. And that's what I tell people. It's just additional support. Right. Don't have to, you know, be off the rails to come and talk to somebody who is unbiased, non-judgmental, and has your best interest at heart. Um, also, the history of mental health is not the prettiest. Um, we all know that, you know, slavery definitely had a big impact. But even after that, um, mental health basically was founded on experimenting on us. Right. And, you know, trying different things on us. So it does have, you know, an ugly start. However, you know, things have changed. You are, you can go see a provider that looks like you, you mm -hmm. know, and understands our culture and understands who we are. You know, I, um, we joked a little bit, um, some of my colleagues about how, like, when we were in our master's program, we were trained to sit across in an office from a white person. We weren't trained to sit across in an office with somebody who's multicultural, person of color, Ooh. black person. Like that's not that's not the training, you know, that that you got. You got that actually doing it and realizing this textbook stuff, it doesn't work for everyone. Right. Um, you have to go, you know, and get additional training and competency and, you know, really just look at the history. So I think that's where a lot of things come from. Um, you know, most psychologists, you know, were white male psychologists. Right. And it's like, okay, well, you know, who wants to go sit across from, you know, a white male psychologist, someone who doesn't look like them, who they feel like may be oppressing them. So right. I feel like a lot of black people not going to seek mental health stem from that. Yeah, I agree a thousand percent. And it's crazy, like the things that you'll learn about mental health and just like the healthcare system in general, just by doing like a quick Google search, which I've had plenty of time to do because I haven't been reporting to the office every day. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy to find out how much of like the healthcare system was built off of experimenting on black people. And it's scary. And like, I, like, I was blessed to have two doctors, two black doctors each time I had my kids. But like, I have a friend who had, who did not have a black doctor and she had a horrible experience. They told her, her baby, they were suspecting her baby had Down syndrome because apparently, you know, most black babies don't have a nose bridge when they're developing in the womb and her baby didn't have a nose bridge. So they did that whole, like, uh, what is it when they stick the needle through they the belly test, button? They do a test, yeah. Right. Yeah, they put her at risk. Yeah, and did oh, all wow. her. Because, and then I think she said it was like a black nurse or something like that. It was like, well, most black babies don't have a, a bridge in their nose when they're developing. And, but that was after the test. It was already done, you know? And I was just like, wow. And she was just telling me how much she regretted that she did not have a black doctor. But I mean, she didn't really have much control over that at that point. But I mean, a black therapist, I had, we, my husband and I, we had a black therapist when we did um, marriage counseling and I loved her. <laughs> I loved her so much. And um, in the beginning, he, he had like this weird mindset about going to therapy. He was like, you only need to go right. to therapy when you're, you know, when you're losing it. And I was like, no, no, no. We need to go to therapy before we get this marriage rolling because we need to get in the right right. Right. And so like we were there and like at first he didn't like it, but by the end, like he was like he really enjoyed it. She gave us some really great advice. We had really good sessions. Mm -hmm. um, so it was I highly recommend therapy to anybody and everybody. But uh, you know, you can only you can get a horse to water, but you can't make them drink though. <laughs> right. But I like I completely agree. So we did premarital counseling too, and ours was a little bit funny. Um, you know, because I'm a therapist. Right. So a lot of the stuff that she said, I had already like had this conversation. 
conversation. <laughs> so, you know, but it was still fun and I still learned. Like right. I learned a whole bunch of stuff from her. You know, I stole a couple of techniques from her. Like she was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, but therapy is not just for crisis situations. Like right. it's for maintenance. It's for learning, coping, healing. A lot of times we sweep stuff up under the rug and don't even realize that, you know, that's what's impacting us until we go to therapy. Right. And you wonder why you can't get that relationship right. Or you wondering why this keeps happening or you don't got no friends or, you know, different things that come up in life. And sometimes you need that outside perspective to just help you figure it out and navigate. Right. And that's the truth, especially, especially that part about the non-bias perspective. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. you can't talk to your parents about everything. <laughs> No, because they bias. They bias. And one thing that I've been running into a lot lately is people don't realize the generations are so different. Yeah. My mama's generation was different than her mama's generation. Our generation is different from our kids' generation. Like, they came out the womb with technology readily available. I remember when we still had Bell South Net and Dial Up and what is it, South Bell? It was something. Yeah, and remember the floppy disk before the flash drives. Man, like we had that acrobat reader. Okay. Yes, and we had um we had uh Britannica, the encyclopedia on a CD that we used to have to put into the computer to look things up. And like before it, like my mom is a baby boomer, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> but so there, she, I look, it's just different. It's way different. It's it way different. Way. And um, on, I had an episode with her, and she talked about how her dad he was always drilling into her head to get a good job, stay at your good job, work at your good job. And like, she had the revelation during our episode that she did not want to drill that into my head and my brother's head when we were growing up. So she didn't. And it's great. <laughs> but I was proud of her for that. <laughs> that is really awesome, girl. Cause my mama did the same thing to me. With, uh, you know, you need a job. Like when I had my son, I had my son when I was in undergrad And it was like, yeah, you know, you need to get a job with some benefits. (laughs) You need to work that job. And it was like, mama, no, like, I can't put school on hold. This is a different generation. I don't want to be further behind. And, you know, it was a different generation than when she grew up, you know, and she had kids where you could stay at a job for X amount of years. And, you know, a degree didn't so much matter. So, right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It matters. I mean, you, then you've been killing the game though. Like. You're just your story of like having your son in undergrad because undergrad is already tough. <laughs> and then you had your son and now you're getting your PhD and you have your own practice. Like that's determination. Girl, that's, determination. that's, that's why I'm in therapy too. Like self-care. <laughs> um, I, I always tell people, you know, ask your therapist if they have a therapist or if they ever been to therapy because you want somebody who's taking care of their self, just like, right. you, you know, you are taking care of you. Yeah. Um, and I just, I don't know. I just think it's important. I've learned to take time when I need time. Mm-hmm. Just decompress. Like, yeah. sit and watch Netflix all day. Read a book. You know, look at the trees. Like, really just kind of unplug. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good thing, too. I don't know if that was really a big thing, like, for people who are, like, my mom's generation, like, the baby boomer generation. I don't know if just sitting and chilling was a thing for them. Like, they don't understand that. Because even growing up, she would be like, like, if we're sitting in our room just minding our business, like, you need to get up, you need to go clean, you need to do this. There are things that need to be done around this house. And it's just like, 
I'm but just see, see, so that is one of the now that clearly is a verbal message, but it's slick, it's nonverbal. That's what feeds into the superwoman schema. That's what mm-hmm. feeds into I feel like I always gotta be productive. I feel like I always gotta be doing something or else I'm not I'm not doing something right or I'm unworthy or you know I don't deserve certain things and it's not true and it's not that it's anything you know like bad it's just generational things that are passed down yeah it was like that you know back in slavery you don't never want nobody to see you not doing nothing or not right. doing and then as we continue you know you're always doing something around the house because you had to because you had to take care of everything so people don't realize the history behind why we do the things that we do but right. that most definitely is one of the messages that gets passed down that we don't even consciously realize right. to our kids. Like, it's okay to, to breathe and take a break. It doesn't mean you're lazy. It right. doesn't mean, you know, all of those negative things. No, it means that you are taking a break and it's okay. Ain't nobody gonna die. Right. <laughs> Ain't nobody gonna die. <laughs> right. That's so true. So how do you encourage a small business owner who has employees to prevent creating a, a toxic work environment since we talked about that a little bit? Communication. Um, I think that check-ins are super duper important. Like even if you don't have anything to talk about, mm-hmm. um, I think you should just check in, like play some team building games. Um you know, talk about the values that, you know, you hold and that, you know, you want to know their values too and to see if they align because honestly, sometimes they don't. So maybe it's where you need to help that person get to their next, you know, place because this is not really what they want to do. And I think people get so fearful about people quitting or going to do their own thing. And it's like, well, when fear is there, you don't have the same type of dedication and drive if somebody's scared. But if somebody is happy and they feel like you have their back, they're going to have yours. Right. So, you know, keeping, keeping conversation open, always encouraging each other. Um, like I said, and being involved, I'm not saying you have to, you know, um, be your employee's therapist. That's not what I'm saying, Um, but you can also, you know, just kind of people, get stressed out and then people act like they don't notice <laughs> or they right. don't say anything you know what I mean yeah I so, know you know doing little simple things like giving a little um Amazon has these little individual bags of Epsom salt you know like what do you do around the holidays you know to help spruce things up like having um different contests and things like that to keep the workplace atmosphere and then of course with COVID a lot of people are virtual so when you have team meetings you know make it fun break up the monotony you know, have conversations, still make connections, like make time for people. So scheduling a 15 to 20 minute, you know, conversation just to check in with people and see how they're doing and to see what they need from you. So I think that's really key. I think that's good. I think that that um, that helped me feel like I'm doing good in my. (laughs) So I just got a promotion. I used to be a teacher in the classroom. Now I'm in administration. And like, now I'm having to like, thank you. Now I'm having to like, balance managing people who were once my peers and like in the beginning it was a little tough because it was like they didn't understand why I was saying certain things to them or asking them to do certain things because again we had just been peers and now I'm your superior and you're having to listen to what I have to say so it was kind of hard it was some growing pains especially for me and one of my very favorite people at the (laughs) at my job um and like it was a we had to have a real sit down conversation like crying at work like <laughs> you gotta do it yeah and so but now like it's going a little more smooth but I do 
something that I make sure I want to do is to check in because in previous experiences with bosses that I've had or supervisors that I've had, I never felt like they checked in on the employees. And like we talked about earlier, when you're in a toxic work environment, don't talk to your coworkers about it. Talk like, don't vent laterally, like vent vertically. Like, yeah, they can't do nothing. It's nothing keep talking about the same thing over and over again. And both yeah. of y'all gonna be mad. And then both of y'all, it's like uh, that TikTok. They're gonna be like, "Man, I hate this job." And when you gonna quit, girl? I'm gonna quit the same day you gonna quit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it turns into. And I think that as a small business owner, when you have employees, it's important not to create that type of environment because mm-hmm. you want to have retention and you don't want to have a high turnover rate, obviously. But I also think it's important to recognize that some people might just be doing this job just so they can get to where they need to get. Exactly. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, I think transparency is, a you know, 150% the best way because you can help them, you know, get to the next level that they're trying to get to, you know, and y'all can still be beneficial to each other. It doesn't have to end sour. Right. Um, you know, and that's, that's one of the things that I have learned. Um, just like when it's not for me, it's not for me, you know? Um, and that, that's another thing about um, entrepreneurship and just having a business you know, deciding how you want to grow. And if you want to grow with employees or you just want to grow as far as like products and, you know, it just being you or you want to have a partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's important. Um, and sometimes you just got to try and see if you like it. And if you don't, then, you know, you figure out your plan to scale back down. Yeah. So honestly, that's where I am now. Um, it's a lot of work managing people, supervising and, you know, looking over people and different things like that. And so, um, I think that my energy would be best, you know, devoted to like new projects and clients mm-hmm. for right now. So, yeah. And that's totally understandable. I, my waste speed business is just me. And I mean, I guess in a way my mom, because she does help because I taught her how to make strands so that she could help me keep my inventory up, but I don't really have to manage her. I literally just like, when I go over her house, she's like, Oh, I have like 10 new strands because she has no young children at home running around, knocking her beads off the table or needing her. So she can sit down at the end of the day. And like, for her, she says that this has become like therapy for her. Like Mm -hmm. she enjoys that time Mm -hmm. to sit down and just kind of decompress and make her strands. And I mean, she made, my mom has made, at least uh, 300 strands in like five months like she makes a lot um so I for now it's just me I don't really feel like I need other people though at this moment (laughs) because I I like especially my off season which is right now anyway it doesn't it doesn't it wouldn't really serve me to have to try and pay somebody it probably wouldn't cost me more yeah. I have to try and pay somebody to work with me. Um, but I think that recognizing like what would be best for your business is mm-hmm. most important. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And talking to other business owners. Um, yes. I think that has definitely been a part of my self-care, you know, a part of taking care of my mental health is making sure I'm not crazy. Like I check myself. Or <laughs> I always check yourself. I check with someone else who owns a practice. I check with my business partner. Like we bounce things off of each other. Like it's good to have a sounding board. Even if it's somebody who's not in your same field, still right. talk to them. They can think of things outside of the box because they're not in it. Right. So I think that that's very, very important. That's true. Like having your, your tribe. I have three people that I bounce ideas off of when I'm bouncing ideas. It's my brother, my college roommate, and my cousin. And <laughs> my cousin, he, um, he actually was on my podcast. I just didn't make it known that he was my cousin, but <laughs> he um, owns, uh, he's Pollard's Produce. So he has 
the beehive. I don't know if you listened to the episode with the guy talking about bees and pollination. Okay. That's him. So he has the beehive. He has nine acres of land. He does, That's his side business. But his main business is that he is a CPA. So like okay. he's right for a large company and I won't say their name. I'll, I'll tell you later if you want to know, <laughs> um, but he is a CPA for them and that is what he does. And my brother, he just got out of the military. So he's not really in like business. My brother just is still figuring out himself, like, cause he right. just got out of the military. And then my college roommate, um, she is a producer for a new show in Arizona. So she definitely helps me a lot when I'm having like, any issues where I'm like, I need to talk to somebody who can tell me how, how the, how the podcast sounds, like how right. it sounds, sounds, right. like I'll ask her right. and um, she always gives great feedback and she does not, you know, hold back her sugar coat, which I don't that's feel like people feel like, right. That's yeah, I, don't feel like, <laughs> I don't feel like people feel like they have to sugar coat with me because most people who know me know I'm not going to take it really personal. If it, especially if I'm asking for your criticism, but like, I don't know. Those are my three people. Those are my sounding board. I mean, I do bounce things off my husband from time to time, but you know, you gotta know what what lane is Different best for some space. people, right? Different space <laughs> right. Yeah. I know their strengths. Like I know some people's strengths, and sometimes he got to If I want to talk to him about something else, I can talk to him about anything else, and I can talk to him about the podcast, but. Mainly, those are my three people who I got to bounce ideas off of because they're going to come at me with some off the wall stuff. Exactly. But, um, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what you need. Yeah, you need that diversity. It's a little diverse group. I never would have thought it would have been like two men in that group because <laughs> like I would have thought it would have been like my closest friends, but that's who it is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it works though. If it works, it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. What works for you? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, explain the importance of writing out your vision for yourself and how does that befit your mental health? Benefit? Benefit. Because <laughs> okay. I was like, oh, uh, I didn't write befit on here. <laughs> so it is super duper important to write out your vision, write out your goals. Um one, because you need to know what you're working towards. Mm-hmm. You need to have an idea of what you're working towards. Um, I love vision boards. I think do it however, whatever works for you. If it's a digital one, do it digitally. If it's, you know, words, a word cloud, do it. If it's an actual vision board with pictures that you cut out, do That's that. Um, but I just definitely think it's important because it speaks to your intentionality for the year. And right. so I always tell people, being intentional is the greatest gift like it's the greatest thing you can do for yourself and Mm -hmm. that's not everything that you do that's with self-care that's with work that's with spending time with your kids it's super important and so when you lay out your goals and you lay out your vision and you have what you're working towards then you can figure out how to break it down so have you heard of smart goals uh yes oh my god i just hold on i'm about to read measurable Attainable or achievable, relevant and time bound or time sensitive. And so that is something that's really, really important. So after you lay out your vision and you lay out your goals, then you need to figure out the plan to get there, which is smaller goals. We have this big grand goal that we're trying to get to. And then we feel like we haven't gotten anywhere because we haven't gotten a big goal. Mm -hmm. Celebrate the small victories. Break it down into smaller goals, baby steps. 
ba like literally baby steps baby step that thing be proud of yourself because you spent 30 minutes doing something that you wanted to do be mm -hmm. proud of yourself you know because you read one chapter of a book that you're trying to finish like it's baby steps you don't go from zero to a hundred right that's not the way it works so that's why it's super duper important and then i forgot the last part of your question how does it benefit your mental health mm, okay <laughs> so when you have it written out or where you can see it you know if you have your vision board you want to put it somewhere of course where you can look at it daily mm -hmm. um when you have it somewhere it literally drops your stress level when you break stuff down into those smaller goals you're not worried about how i'm gonna get there because it's building you have already said it so we're keeping stress low we're managing our time because we have things in our schedule that equal our smart goals okay so literally it stops you from being so anxious about things and getting things done and worried about this and that. Hopefully you budgeting um, that definitely like finances is a big part of everyone's stress. Mm -hmm. Write down a budget, map it out. If you can pay things early, pay them early, pay them a month in advance if possible. Like try to get ahead of the game. And I feel like we are so, um, tight when it comes to like money and finances and different things like that yes budget have some faith but if you can pay it early you know it's gonna be due again next month because you're still right. using the water the lights and all everything else just go ahead and pay absolutely. it absolutely i okay. agree with that a thousand definitely percent. benefits you mentally yeah i think so i um i was just talking about my vision board um today i do vision boards every year i think the, the first Dang. year i was introduced to them <laughs> was in 2011 and that was when i was at savannah state and i went to an event for some one of the organizations on campus was having like a vision board event mm -hmm. and like they provided everything you needed and we all went there and we did the vision board and i was like wow this is a really great way i had never even heard about this before i was like this is a really great way to lay out your goals and like ever since then every year i do vision boards every year and mm -hmm. sometimes like i'll do them at the beginning of the year but like sometimes i might feel like in the middle of the year i need to do a mini vision board <laughs> so like last year i had my main vision board which was like a big one but then i had a small vision board for my classroom and my goals for my career and yes. when i tell you i put a thing up on my desk at work and i achieved every single goal that was on there and i was like see I knew I needed to do this. <laughs> yes. It's a subconscious way of just ingraining that, like putting it in your mind, your spirit, your energy. Like that's the way you do it. You, yeah. you don't have to stare at it for hours. Just put right. it somewhere where you can glance at it every day and you internalize success. Like that's right. why I love it. I do a vision board every year too. Um, I make everybody in my household do it too. <laughs> um, so we, we have our individual vision boards and then we have our family goals. Okay. And I put those on the kitchen counter um, in like a frame. It's a clear see-through frame. I'm going to go get it real quick. <laughs> okay. So it was hard to describe because it is, it's like a clear frame. Oh, okay. got the little paper in the little thing. Yeah. And so we have our savage goals for 2020 and it's on the kitchen counter. So the whole family can see it every day, okay. um, including my son. Um and so those are our like family goals. So, That's a good idea. I never thought of doing a little one for like the family goals. 
So, okay, back to these uh, vision boards. So, yep, I like the idea of the family um, vision that you keep in your kitchen. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. But I definitely think it's important. And like on one of my episodes, my old episodes, I was like, I don't have a like a, a business plan written out for my business. And like, it was kind of the truth, but it was kind of a lie because I have a vision board and I just didn't think of it like that. Yeah. But looking we at it, man, yeah, like paper, it got to be typed out. No, yeah. no. That doesn't no. work for me, though. That doesn't work for me either. Yeah. <laughs> like to sit down and take the time to write it out. I'm going to lose the paper. And I'm just going to put that out there. I'm going to lose the paper. If I type it on my computer, I'm never going to look at it because it's just going to be like in a file somewhere. Like the vision board, I know I'm going to look at because I put it up. My, right. my vision board is in my room, but now I'm going to make this family one. <laughs> and I'm going to put that one somewhere where the family can see. Um, but yeah, well, I guess we would make the family one because I need to talk to my family about Exactly, y'all. It's, it's a good conversation starter. And you'll be surprised what kids say. Like, yeah. I think Dylan came up with like two of the ones that was on there or he contributed to and he was like yeah that's a good idea so that one I just li- you know I listed them mm-hmm. or whatever versus a picture but I think it would be great if however you do it and just having a conversation like what should our family goals be this year like right they love vacation and traveling but you know I don't know about that with COVID so we gonna have to right. see but <laughs> you know I just I think it's great to be inclusive and you know start these things at a young age with our children so that way mm-hmm. they'll do it when they grow up right that is so true that's why you're a therapist that makes so much sense (laughs) okay so tell me what inspired you to create your coloring book so I don't think we talked about it on air but we talked about your coloring book and I want to know how you got inspired to do that because I love coloring books um so lots of thinking (laughs) um I'm a literally I'm a thinker I wish sometimes I could just turn it off for a little bit so I can just, you know, but I'm definitely a thinker. So honestly, just thinking about um, ways to do residual income, you know, ways, ways to gain residual income. And, you know, with residual income, I think it's important to realize, no, it's not going to make you rich, honey, because that split with Amazon and the production, it ain't going to make you rich, but it's residual. It'll be a little bit coming in, you know, over time and stuff like that. Um, I think what really inspired me, so I plan to launch um, basically a movement Um, this coming April. It'll start off with like a retreat kickoff, but the coloring book was like the first part to Black Girls Play. Okay. And Black Girls Play is a movement for us to tap back into our inner child. Like, I feel like we work, 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 work. We take care of everybody. We do everything and we don't we don't do nothing for ourselves. Like we need to have fun. We need to decompress. We need to Mm de-stress. We need to relax. We need to laugh more. And we need to be around each other and build each other up more. Like when I tell you that has just been my, like, I don't know. I birthed that baby and I was like, I got it in front of me. I was like, this is our, this is what our platform is for 2021. It's black girls play. Right. We have fun. We do our hair. We support each other. We show compassion. We have so many different looks, so many different talents. And I just think that it's great. And I think that we really got to start honing in on those things. And so when I was thinking about it, and I was thinking about things that contribute to Black girls playing, Black girls, you know, engaging in self-care, I was like, a coloring book. I love the color. I miss coloring, okay? <laughs> I have to make sure I let my son know, this is my coloring book, and these right. are your coloring books. 
So um, that's really what inspired it. And then I wanted to see more coloring books with us. Like, you know, I wanted to see coloring books with Black girls. Um, And I really didn't find a lot of them until I, you know, started researching. And there are some really good ones Mm -hmm. uh, on um, Amazon. But I, I wanted to see some different things. So I really was just like, well, let's try it and see. Yeah. I can't draw worth a dog on. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I had to be creative. Right. And I think that this was just a way for me, like I said, to start with Black Girls Play. So that's why I named it Black Girls Color. Okay. Um, so we can go ahead and just start that movement. Yeah. I love that idea um, of getting back to play. Uh, I, do you listen to the podcast Code Switch on NPR? No, but I heard it's good. Okay, so I don't list. I haven't. I still haven't gotten into it, and I said this a few episodes ago. I still haven't started listening to it, but right now I'm listening to an audiobook. So I kind of just, uh, anyway. So I did listen to like one episode, and they were talking about how, um, you know, we get caught up in like the black people don't do this or brown people don't do that, and like they were talking about hiking and stuff like that. So my college roommate, who I was telling you about, who I bounce ideas off of, um, I last year she lives in Arizona so I went out to Arizona last year and like I was like you know what let's go to the Grand Canyon or whatever (laughs) now she lives in Phoenix and the Grand Canyon is like a four-hour drive from Phoenix or five or something like that it was a long drive Mm -hmm. Uh, so we just got in the car me her and her dog and we drove up to Phoenix like I mean to uh, the Grand Canyon and it was in the winter so it was cold <laughs> there was ice and snow but we had such a good time so I catch y'all when you hate being cold Ooh. oh my god it was colder than I anticipated and when we drove through we drove through Flagstaff to get there which is like a you know a big ski city and it there was just like ice on the mountains and it was so crazy to me to it was beautiful though it was and I was just like we came from Phoenix where all I saw was cactuses and big rocks coming out of the ground. <laughs> Flagstaff, where I'm seeing huge mountains and ski resorts and snow. To the Grand Canyon, where it's just a lot of ice up here and, like, these big rocks in the ground. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that that was an eye-opening experience for me because a lot of times I see, like, Black women that we love to go to the beach like (laughs) or go to the islands or something like that but like we don't really do stuff like camping and hiking and things like that but I really enjoyed it so like now and we were trying to go this year but we couldn't go this year because of COVID so next year we have planned to go to the Redwood Forest and we're going to drive from the Phoenix from Phoenix to the Redwood Forest and then on the way back we're going to stop in San Francisco and do some sightseeing but like we're going to go on some hikes and she does not my friend does not zip line but I do so (laughs) me too me too my husband loves ziplining too and like it's just like so there's so many things out here and I had this conversation with my cousin who I also bounce ideas off of he my cousin is also a pilot and he is also a licensed scuba diver and he is also like uh he also is licensed to hunt like he does a lot of things that, that yeah and so but the thing is when he was doing all of these things and even the things that he does now people always tell him you know black people don't do that that's that's not black people's stuff like you know what i'm saying oh that's because we wasn't allowed to do <laughs> stuff like that back in the day no that's why but right. no, what we do 
We do, and I'm so glad he's doing so many different things and being right. certified in so many different things because people have that in their mind that you have to be one thing. Right. And no, you don't. You don't. You don't. You don't. Yeah. You don't have to do one thing for the rest of your whole life. If you want to switch it up, switch it up. Like, right. Yeah. Right. That's why it's like for me, starting this podcast was a big thing for me because I really want to open up the eyes of other people our age and other people that look like us to see that there are a lot of people out here that look like us that are doing different things that Mm -hmm. we were always told that we don't do, you know, or that we shouldn't do because that's not in our lane. But no, it is in our lane. Everything is in our lane. Like, let's find something that you've never done before and try it out for the first time and see if you like it. Try it it at least one time. Right, at least one. (laughs) Yeah, and keep moving. So a lot of those things, like I said, we don't realize the history behind it. So, you know, when we did have the ability, you know, or it was sanctioned by the government that we could do things mm-hmm. because we had equal rights, then it became a class thing. Well, can we afford to go scuba diving? Can we right. afford to take vacations? And so then when we started moving up in our tax brackets and we started making more money and having equal pay and things like that, opportunities continue to open and unfold just like with education. And so right. Black people didn't do it. Right because they couldn't afford it right now we have a different opportunity do everything right do everything anything you can do do it (laughs) i agree with that a thousand percent open your mind up to all of the possibilities that are out there and just go do it just try it out and see anything except drugs don't do that but dare dare okay right don't do drugs right but other than that i definitely think people should get into it um so i i recommend you go listen to um code switch i i'll I'll have to go listen to code switch too but um that's all i have for you clee i want you to plug your website just in case people are looking for a therapist if you're taking clients and stuff. Okay. Like yes, I am taking clients. Um, it is stay, S-T-A-Y, anchored, A-N-C-H-O-R-E-D.org. Stay okay. anchored.org. Yep. And then it's the same thing on Instagram, right? They can follow you on Instagram. Yep. Follow me on Instagram, stay.anchored. Um, and then Facebook is stay anchored counseling. Um, and then you can also follow me at the anchored one on Twitter. Okay, cool. I had to follow you on Twitter. I didn't know you had a Twitter. Girl, sometimes I don't be remembering I have a Twitter, but <laughs> I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate your time and dealing with me and my antics today. Girl, you are welcome. It's always good to see you. Um, I am definitely ready for COVID stuff to end um so we can go back to Jonesboro girl we gotta we gotta go back to them roots okay, okay. we gotta go back and get those teenage girls we gotta get them together we do thank you so much for tuning in to the hidden gems podcast by Kendra's treasures on the next episode we're going to get into physical health and we are going to be joined by the owner of the Fighter for Life gym, Rahman Ali, and he's going to get into all about physical health, giving back to the community and everything else that they do down at that gym, the amazing work that they put in and how they give back to the community. And you definitely want to tune in for that episode, especially if you're looking for a home gym. 
right now is January. So new year, new me, new body. Let's get these new year's resolutions popping. So tune in for the next episode to get that physical health information that you need and all kinds of other things. Until then, I'll see you guys next time.